1: Hey, everyone, we're back at it this week for another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. I am Christy Winters Scott, and as always, joined Courtside with a box of popcorn, Gabe Ibrahim is also here to have this great conversation today, and Gabe, there is so much more to talk about than basketball Mm -hmm. as we are speaking at this moment.
2: Yep, it is Wednesday. Um, a couple hours ago, the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron announced that just one of the three police officers uh, who shot and killed Breonna Taylor in her home as she slept will face charges, and that officer, Brett Hankinson, um, is was indicted on three counts of first-degree wanton endangerment. Uh, I have not had a chance to look at the Kentucky law, but that is not murder. And it seems like um, the grand jury indicted him for wantonly shooting into the walls of the apartments next door to Brown Taylor, and no one's actually being held accountable for her murder. Um, this is, as you mentioned, just much more important than basketball. This is the reason we played this season. Uh, the, the, her name's on the back of every WNBA jersey. To is the stated reason as to why we those players went to the bubble, why they sacrificed so much, and now we're seeing that, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, justice was ever an option um, for for Breonna Taylor because I don't know how you can get you can't get justice for being murdered in your home as you slept, but accountability is what we were asking for, and she didn't get that. Um, and, you know, we know that on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network, you guys want to hear basketball, um, but we have, to, we have to talk about this. And I, I think it's, it's extremely important. I want to get your thoughts and feelings on it, Christy.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, you know, I am flabbergasted and uh, once again, left without any answers for our three teenagers as mm-hmm. to why it's not justice for all um i i it's just incredibly incredibly infuriating when that can happen and be excused i don't get it um you know there are ramifications and accountability for everyone for everything else and there just never seems to be any justice there just never seems to be any justice for all. And for me, it, it makes me sick. And it, it just, it, it's, it, I mean, it just feels like you're knocking your head up against the wall when, you know, you knew that the decision was going to come down or, you know, you're going to get some kind of clarification on as to what happened at one fifteen today on Wednesday. And, and then to hear that that was what they said, that, they were like oh sorry for disturbing you the neighbors of Brianna Taylor but no word on the actual murder of Brianna Taylor while she was asleep in her home i mean how tragic is that news today i mean i have my shirt on today say her name and i you know how many more times are we going to say her name how many more times are we gonna say other people's names before we see a true change and respect as human beings in these streets? For all of us. It's not just, well, you can walk down the street, but you cannot. Like, I, you know, I don't know how to explain that to my kids. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And you know, common sense sometimes I know isn't common, but my God, there has to be something there has to be something that, that can change and, and make this better for the next generations behind us because this is silly I mean, this is insane. And insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different and we're just, here we are sitting in the same insanity. Over and over again we sit and, and watch this atrocity after atrocity in people's homes doing nothing And it just, I mean, we could take the whole time talking about this as far as I'm concerned, but I I just, I, I am beyond frustrated. I am beyond infuriated. I am beyond just miserable about how this can continue to happen without any legal accountability on the lives of people of color out here who are just assumed guilty or assumed, I just assume that that you're doing something wrong because you're walking or because you're sleeping or because you're, you know, you have skittles in your hand. Let's just take them out. I, I just, I am just, I am done with it. I am done with it, Gabe. It's, it's, it's a lot and it's bigger than ball. And I know we're on the Her Hoops Stats podcast network and yeah. I know that we're right in the thick of the, WNBA and the nba playoffs and man listen this is so much bigger than than basketball but -hmm. it's also a microcosm of what basketball stands for the unity and the diversity and the inclusivity of justice and fairness and accountability and you know to see that not transfer into real life that's a problem for me. Like mm-hmm. that. I mean, my knee is shaking. I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm emotionally spent this afternoon just thinking about that and her family and how they must be feeling. I didn't know Brianna Taylor, but I know her story. And I know um, stories of so many mm-hmm. that were honored before every single WNBA game this year. And, you know, it, it's just a shame. And Say Her Name initiative, you know, I know it's there, but it's, it's just, you know, what more can we do? That's how I feel. I feel like if this, is, if this can't be a clear-cut case, then what more can we do to change not only the narrative, but change the way human beings are viewed that have different color skin? Like, I, that's where we are. I mean that's where we need to, to get the clarification because that that's clearly where where some people uh, just stop in terms of their love and compassion and empathy for other people, and they don't have love, compassion, or empathy for themselves first and foremost, which is why they can't convey it to other people, and that's and that's a shame.
2: It is, it is, and, and you know I hate to hear the pain in your voice because I, I know I know I know how much you're hurting and how many people, black people in, in my world, in the league, in the league that I cover are hurting and I'm hurting with them. I mean, I can't, it, I'll never experience what black people in this country experience. That's That's clear, but it doesn't mean you can't empathize with it and it doesn't mean you can't feel it. And even right. just as an American citizen who cares okay. about this country, justice, accountability was not served today right. and it hasn't been yeah. and to me um you know i yeah i'm not i can't add to the emotional tenor of what you said that 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 raw pain is going to be there for mm. for you for me for all of us in the league i i wouldn't i'm i would not be surprised if the WNBA is going to do something before these games on thursday um mm. to make clear that how they are feeling um but i think if you're out there and you're wondering what you can do step one register the vote step two is vote Uh, You know, that doesn't, that doesn't fix all the problems. It doesn't matter who we get into office right now. It's not going to fix all our problems. That's when the work starts. Yep. So what you got to do right now is make sure you're registered to vote. It's very simple. Just Google it. You know, there's a million websites that you can go to. What's the one for the mystics, Christy?
1: It is whenweallvote.org.
2: Whenweallvote.org. The mystics can help you get registered to vote, but it's so easy to do. Go do it. Then go vote. In Virginia, we're already starting to vote. I'm going to go vote on Thursday, uh, tomorrow or Friday. So we're already voting. That's step one. That's great. Step two is realizing what kind of system we have in the United States. Regardless uh, of what the situation is, when there is a police killing, when the police kill people, the person who is prosecuting them is part of the state, the state is prosecuting the state right. when they kill people. And all of these, any attorney general, any prosecutor in any city, anywhere, has to work so closely with the police that they have an incentive to make sure that the police do not get in trouble and go to jail for murdering someone. Right. Bottom, bottom line, that is how the legal system works. And I'm, I'm a lawyer, I went to law school, and when you see a lawyer, and this is not like a criticism of lawyers, but I guess it could, whatever, construe it however you want. But when you see a lawyer, think who is that lawyer's client and that their motivation is to protect their client. Mm-hmm. Daniel Cameron's client, while he, while in the constitution of Kentucky, I'm sure it says he is there to protect the citizens of Kentucky. His client is the state of Kentucky, including there the police. Including. So he's, there, he's there to protect the police. That's why these things happen. He brings the case to the grand jury who then makes a, a determination as to the facts and what charges to bring against an officer. So when you see these things, remember there's no one, it's the fox guarding the hen house when we get to police prosecutions. And um, I'm not, I don't know how to change that, but there is a way. There, ha- there has to be a way to change that and make yeah. um, make that a tenable situation because right now it's not for not only um, black people, not only for for people who sympathize with the the plight of black people in this country, not just Mm -hmm. related to police shootings, related to many, many, many areas of the law and government, but also just to like American citizens and the belief that we are a just country that follows the rule of law. It does not make sense how we do this. Um, So yeah, uh, just to me, voting is step one because right now with the people in power, there's no change to be had.
0: Right. So it's vote,
2: just
1: it's scary. Cha- mm-hmm.
2: Changing who's in power will allow us to make change in the ways uh that we that we want to see it. And I I don't think there's to, to me it's not just about um police killings, it's not just about you know, the nebulous racism that we all that we all like talk it's 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 about justice for all like you said Christy, right like Yep. If you want America to be America. Yep. You have to take action right now because that's right. It's exposed and we can move this in the right direction eventually. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm angry and I'm, I'm hurt. Um, I just hope, I I don't know what to say to any WNBA fans listening that are also feeling this way. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. it ain't hopeless though. Right?
1: No, no, there's always hope. That's the one thing. And, you know, I see that in the eyes of my children. Um, you know, and I see, you know, the hope that they have that we won't have to continue to see this Mm -hmm. daily and we won't have to, you know, continue to hear the unjust situations continuing to unfold right in front of our faces. Um, so that, that's what gives me hope to know that, Mm -hmm. that they're going to continue to fight. They're going to continue to strive for justice for all and you know that's what's going to drive me that's what's going to drive me so I mean to have Brianna Taylor's name on the back of every single Mm -hmm. WNBA jersey as you said Gabe uh, you know and and Angel McCautry uh, pushing that forward um, prior to the WNBA season and the NBA season and they adopted the same kind of initiative um, to have um the words of, of power on, on the back of their jerseys in the NBA and to have Breonna Taylor's name on the back of every single jersey. I mean, that just shows you that number one, the league is unified mm-hmm. um, in terms of their love, compassion and empathy. And can you imagine if the entire world would be that loving and compassionate and empathetic? Mm -hmm. And inclusive as the WNBA has been. I mean, what a world that would be. I mean, that's what we're striving for, right? Like the examples of these leagues and, you know, the NBA stepping forward, um, you know, the WNBA just being the forefront, you know, leading all the pro teams in that regard. Um, So I I have hope in that. I I picture that. I paint that picture in my mind Mm -hmm. very often. Um, and that's what keeps me going, even though today I'm extremely disappointed and disheartened by uh, what has transpired today.
2: Yep. And it doesn't, it, uh, you know, making the world a better place doesn't happen by magic. I think right. all of us, a lot of people, especially people my age, you know, believe like, well, time time is an inevitable march towards more human rights for more people and more people living a better life and that's just not the case that doesn't happen by magic that takes work by all of us and you know I think um to to me my my personally my struggle has been trying to figure out exactly what I can do to to move it forward and hopefully um whether it's in my corner of the world in terms of where I live or in the corner of my world in terms of what I'm interested in there's definitely ways to make change and there's definitely ways to make world better, but yeah, it has to start in November with your vote. That's you right. You cannot, cannot stress that enough. Cannot exactly. Stress that enough. And know who you're voting for too. Cause it's not just like, yes, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know who you're voting for for president. The answer should be really, 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 really mm-hmm. clear. Like really clear. It's not, it's not hard to figure out who you should vote for, for president if you're listening to this podcast, but <laughs> that's not the only person you're voting for. Like look down the ballot, look at your, your county commissioners look at your school yep. board because guess guess what at the school board level those people decide what our kids learn and grow yep. up to be
1: yep you
2: know that 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 starts at the school board level so know who you're voting for know what ballot measures you're voting for that's all extremely important I think uh, Ariel Atkins has been um hitting that drum and you know mm-hmm. I, I just I, I will we'll get we'll get through it uh yep. we'll get through it and and we'll somehow move on and i think we're all gonna feel empty for a long time um yeah. but i think for for the true the people doing the work they will figure out a way to continue and we will figure out a way to get behind them and push and do the work ourselves yes um okay um I, 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 we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about basketball
1: i guess <laughs> yeah i'm like okay gabe we'll see you next week no uh <laughs> okay. no there there's there's so many great games on Tuesday night and, uh, you know, game two in in one of the series with the Vegas Aces and the Connecticut Sun. And that's that's where I, we need to start right there, because, okay. man, listen, let me tell you something about Asia Wilson. Listen, you can I don't care if she mm-hmm. didn't score a point or grab one rebound, seven blocks, gave.
0: Yes, ridiculous. Yeah. Now,
1: what? Like, that's, that's machine-like. That's, that's, oh, that's full denial by Asia Wilson on the interior. She was just phenomenal in terms of her energy, her effort, and her focus. And those are the three things that Vegas couldn't check the boxes of after game one against mm-hmm. Connecticut
2: she brought uh she brought we talked about this on the her hoop stats post game report that she needed to be angry asia for 40 <laughs> minutes and man she was angry she was <laughs> I <love> angry it. <laughs> um but you know i i was super impressed uh, to give her stat line she had 29 points 7 rebounds 3 assists 1 steal and 7 blocks as you mentioned mm-hmm. um she's the mvp and she needed to be the mvp I really liked, did you, in game one, did you see how Bill Lambeer got into her when she hung her head? I did
1: see that. And I, you know, we were trying to figure out if he was saying Angel or Asia. And I, and she, Asia responded. So I believe it was Asia. And she said, yep, I got you. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Like, when you can say that to your players and they respond like, I got you, rather than continuing to drop Mm -hmm. their head, that's when you know you have a winning team because she is clearly the leader of that squad, right? On the floor, Mm -hmm. the MVP of the league. So the fact that Bill and can coach her hard, Mm -hmm. right? And be honest with her, like, Hey, you can't drop your head Asia. And she's like, I got you. Mm -hmm. And she sure did. Right. So that's the, that's the sign and the mark of a winner. That's the sign and the mark of a competitively, competitively mature player yeah. on the professional levels. I mean, you can't do that with everybody. Some people are a bit soft when it comes to, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, constructive criticism. <laughs> and, and I've seen it, heard it, been on both sides of it. I get it. But at the end of the day, I would rather have somebody tell me the flat out truth. Uh-huh. than to sugarcoat it and say, woo 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 it's going to be okay. It's not okay. Like we're not passing that along, that nonverbal energy zapping, mm-hmm. dropping of the head. We're not having that. Like if you're on the energy bus, if you've read that, you understand what I'm talking about. If you're on the energy huh. bus, you're not going to be on that bus with your head dropped down, are you? No, you will not. And if someone has their head down on that energy bus, then they will be corrected. And Mm -hmm. that's what Bill Lambert did. And and when you have the head of the snake, as Asia Wilson is, and you're able to direct it as to where we're attacking, you've got yourself a monster. And I'm telling you what, she was just fierce in game two and unstoppable. Like the and one to close it in the last couple of minutes there. Oh my God. And she was passionate and just exuberant and animated and fired up like that carries over like you can be the most mild mannered teammate Mm -hmm. ever, but that's going to do something to you on some level of your emotional, uh, well-being moving forward for the squad and how hard you're going to play in your role.
2: I loved, I loved at one point, I forget when it was, I'm going to, I'm going to check my notes, but at one point she was, um, she was just like clapping for the ball. I don't know if you're in, I think it was like in the second quarter, yeah, I was in. Yeah, I started the second quarter, because um, she had Essence Carson's in the post though. I guess they were running some other play, and Asia,
0: yeah, Asia just <laughs>
2: clapping her hands and yelling, "Get me the damn ball! Get right? me the ball yeah. right now!" And right. they got the ball, and she scored. Um, yeah. And so I, I know, I'm, I was so impressed with her performance. The 19 yeah. field goal attempts. I mean. Um, as a, as an AC, if I was an ACES fan or ACES coach, I'd be a little bit concerned that she had to do that much to get, to get this win. Mm. But at the same time, like that's your MVP, right? Like sometimes in some games you're going to need to hop on the back of your best player and say, take us there. You're, you're, you're in charge. Take us there. And that happened last year with, um, Elena Deladon and the Washington mystics that's happened throughout the year, uh, with Asia. And I just really think that, um, that was a great coming out party for her. Do yeah. you think this is uh, you know, obviously she's the MVP, so she's a superstar, but to me, you don't become a superstar until you're in the playoffs. So right. you gotta if you're a great player, you gotta do it in the playoffs. Do you think this is Asia taking that next step to being I'm um, a superstar? Um, I'm what I'm, I'm I am the the face of this league because I'm doing it in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. I mean that's where you build your Brand, if you will, Mm -hmm. that's where you build your personality as a pro and it's done in the postseason, And that's where you, you earn that kind of credibility and that's what she's doing. I mean, she's stepping up to the plate, no cam beige, no Mm -hmm. plum. And, you know, not a lot of people gave the Vegas aces a chance this season, but they have continued to swing and knock it out of the park because of asia wilson's presence on the interior and the fact that she is um sustaining her level of efficient play Mm -hmm. i think is is most impressive i think you know when you have players sometimes you know they'll they'll be steady but they won't be amazing every single time they'll be steady they they'll get like around their average numbers in all the stats but when you see these gaudy stat lines pop up with these 29 and seven and seven Mm -hmm. i mean come on and and it's crunch time right so if they drop if they dropped game two and they're fighting for their lives you know in the next game uh you know that makes it so much more tough so she knew it was it was a um an act of desperation and i say that in the in the best competitively Uh, motivated moment, right? It's like you are you got to get it. It's not game five, but I'm going to tell you what, you're not going to get to a game five if you don't win game two, if you're Vegas, and they needed it. And you heard Bill Embiid in the huddle uh, during game one say, this is a Mm 200-minute series, right? And we still have time to get this done. And that's the same huddle I believe he said, Asia, you can't drop your head um Mm -hmm. and the body language and all that so you know i think for him having the experience as a player and then also with the detroit shock winning Mm -hmm. championships he understands that it's not the little um micro moments in in the games you know you got to look at it big picture and i think that's how vegas approached game two knowing that you know, they had opportunities in front of them to fix what went wrong in game one, and it was mostly the energy factor. That's, that's what yeah. was said after the game. And the, and the presser was like, hey, we just didn't – we didn't play hard enough. So it wasn't like we're not capable. It was that, you know, we didn't, we didn't press the gas hard enough in that first game. And then second game, woo wee they pressed the gas all right. Yeah, they were, they were doing it in game two. Yeah.
2: And you can see that in their cuts. Uh, I think Kayla McBride got some backdoor cuts where she, you know, Brianne January has been blanketing her all game. And we'll get to Connecticut in a second. Also, we we are aware Alyssa Thomas was injured, and we're going to talk about her. But we did want to yes. give want to give Asia her flowers because she was absolutely,
1: amazing. absolutely. Um,
2: but um, you know, you could see that in their cuts. They just they they got. You know, I, I think people think of trying hard and is is like a is a cliche or it's like wanting it more it's like no they literally were just running harder on their cuts now they were going harder they were running harder into their screens which meant their offense got started faster and you saw it you saw it with the rest of the supporting cast especially in that second half angel okatry finished with 11 points rough night shooting for her three of eight caitlin mcbride 11 points as well derrick ahamby also had 11 points daniel robinson was put into the starting lineup which i think was a change that worked pretty well over Mm -hmm. um lindsey allen and she had nine points and four assists with three rebounds so um lots of really good adjustments for Las to vegas um but obviously the big story for connecticut was uh yeah. was Alyssa thomas going down well she went she played five minutes in this one um i have not seen an injury like that and you're saying that right before we got on that i i haven't seen i haven't seen, she she obviously has shoulder problems but it was mm-hmm. just kind of like she kind of got nicked in the shoulder and went straight down. And I mean, you've covered her for a long time. Have you ever seen her in that much
1: pain? Never. You know, I I think that's the first thing I said before we got on here to you that man, I, she's so tough Mm -hmm. and I've never seen her writhing in pain. And I know um, her shoulder injuries that she sustained were overseas. So, I didn't yep. actually see when those happened um, a couple of years ago, but I know that she's been playing with the two torn labrums. Um, and I know that that can be, I mean, if it goes out of place, just a little bit, right? You have so many nerves that run through there and she's just so strong to be able to have played this long without having it repaired, you know, on either side of her uh, body. Um, but no, I have never seen her walk off the floor with any kind of injury. Uh, she has been, you know, the engine for Connecticut, and she barely comes off the floor as it is. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just really concerned about it for her, and I'm disappointed mm-hmm. if it if it is something, and, and not specul- speculating speculating uh, on it being like something that's detrimental for the, you know, the future of the Connecticut sun this season in the playoffs, but you know, to see her being taken off and to hear Holly Rose say she will not return. I was like, Oh boy, like they must. And I know they're being preventative as well. uh, But at Mm -hmm. the same time, yeah, I've never seen, I've never seen her come off the floor um, in that much pain and not returning to the floor either. I thought that was, that was a major concern. So, you know, all the best to AT and I, you know, that's the A train. I named her that when she was a freshman at Maryland, (laughs) Uh, baby Bron is what they call her, you know? So it's, it's almost like when LeBron got hurt last year, it's like, you don't, you know, you just don't see them come off the floor. Those are the the kinds of players who are cut differently uh, mentally Mm -hmm. that can kind of compartmentalize their pain and, and still be, incredibly efficient and proficient with what they're doing on the court. And it's just scary and sad to see her in this situation. So I hope she's all right. And I hope she's able to um, get back on the court for Connecticut.
2: What we know right now is that she's probably not playing in the next game. That's Kurt Miller said um, that we're, we're moving ahead as if we're not going to have her for the next game. They don't know anything else after that. She had an MRI. Um, they're waiting for the results. Um, right. It didn't look good, but I don't know. The only thing I do know is that if she can play, and it's a matter of pain, she's playing. That yep. is the tough. I, I'm gonna say it right now, she's the toughest person in the WNBA.
1: So I, if it's I just a, don't get it. Yeah.
2: If she if it's a matter of pain, she's gonna play. So that's that's what we gotta look out for. Um, and hopefully she's all right. Um, but we do have to plan for the next game, as if Ellis Thomas is not going to be there. That's what Kurt Miller said. Yeah. However, though, for Connecticut, that's not necessarily a death sentence because they played really, really, really well. They have a plan on defense. Um, I mean, obviously, it does not work against Asia Wilson. You're not going to not going <laughs> to be able to stop Asia Wilson. They may have to just switch up the plan to um, send double teams her way. But yep. they do. They, they did shut down the rest of the team for most of Game 2. They shut down the rest of the Aces in Game 1. They did a great job of it offensively. They're just eating up pick-and-rolls with Angel McCautry. They're, they're putting Angel McCautry and Carolyn Swords in the pick-and-roll and eating that up in the mid-range. You yes. saw Bree in January go for 20 points on 7 of 13 shooting. And she was special, but it's not like she was, you know, hitting inten- really intense, crazy shots. Like, she was getting some open looks. Dewana Bonner had 23 points, and I don't think she had a particularly good night, 3 of 12 from 3. She made some some weird decisions. Jasmine Thomas only had 10 points. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. there's room for improvement on this Connecticut team. I think they still have a chance mm-hmm. in this in this series, especially if Alyssa Thomas only misses one game. So, am I wrong, or am I crazy, or what do you think?
1: No, I, I think this is a hungry team. I think this is a team that, mm-hmm. you know, played – Washington to a five game series last year in the finals and mm-hmm. and that was a tight game, you know, going down to the to the minute, you know, the mm-hmm. last five minutes of that game is when Washington separated themselves with Emma and going crazy out there um, and earning the MVP, but of the uh, finals. But with that being said, um, this Connecticut team, I, I know, you know, without John Quell Jones on the floor and without Breon January to start the season. Where you know they were zero and five, and then one and six, and you know just slow out of the gates, and everybody was like, "Wow, Connecticut is certainly struggling, but boy, they picked up steam, got their chemistry going." I remember Kurt Miller saying before uh, one of the Mystics games when I talked to him, he said, "You know, we're just trying to um, let Duana Bonner know that that we will adapt to how she plays. She doesn't have to kind of morph into what yep. we are doing." And I think that took some time initially for the team to, to kind of get going with their rhythm with one another and, and knowing um, what Duana Bonner yeah. wanted to do and how that matched with how they were playing as a team. So I, I think that just took them some time. So, I mean, Kurt Miller and his staff, they're just terrific. And, and I think that they, they always find a way. It, it just seems like they always find a way mm-hmm. to make adjustments um keep everything um you know real with the players yep. so I remember him also saying hey we need that third score It can't just be AT and and duana Bonner like we need that third score and, and if it's Jasmine Thomas then so be it if it's somebody else if it's if it's Bantam then so be it like mm-hmm. if it's I mean not Bantam from that that was last year yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but um oh. I just remember her from the final sorry I was just picturing that but um but if it's if it's um, Heidelman, you know, who can go yeah. off and score, like they have other viable options who can get buckets for them. And so they're just going to have to pick up their game. If, if Alyssa Thomas can't go, they're going to have to, you know, Jasmine Thomas is going to have to have one of those incredible performances offensively as she did in game one. She's going to mm-hmm. have to do that. She's going to have to she do died. that. Um, and Bonner's going to have to be efficient from three. She's going to have to do that because of the size of Vegas. Um she's gonna mm-hmm. have to knock in. she's got to be better than three of twelve from range. so I just think that you know Heidelman may be that third wheel, you know in terms of that third score for them if Alyssa Thomas cannot go.
2: I think uh, Kyla Charles also you can throw her mm-hmm. in the mix. she can score um, yeah, Bree Jones and mm-hmm. it can can do a little bit more too, especially if she can get in the post and maybe uh, give Asia some foul trouble if she's being covered yeah. by Asia. It depends how much Carolyn Swords is playing, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm good. I and also, I do want to shout out my girl, Beatrice Montpremier from yeah. the U. <laughs> you know, we don't get a lot. Of, we don't get a lot of <laughs> Miami love on this podcast because she Johnson has not been playing, but uh, Beatrice Very Montpremier great. from the U doing a really good job on eight, on Asia Wilson. In my mm-hmm. opinion, she also had nine rebounds. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I think, the aces win if Alyssa Thomas can't go, but I I think they have a shot. I think they're a really tough Mm -hmm. team. They're really well coached. And I'm excited to see, um, I'm excited to see game three. We'll see, we'll see how much, uh, how much that killer instinct Las Vegas has. Right. Because if you're, if you're a really good team, you got to put your finger, you got to put your, your foot on the throat right now. Like now is the time to say, you're not beating us. I don't care. I don't care. Like we're, we're going to beat you up. Tonight, tonight is the yep. end of the series. I don't care what happens to the rest. Like, so I'm interested to see what happens with the aces um, and prayers up to Alyssa because yeah, I really want to see her on the court. She's
1: so yes, she's so, she's so fantastic. I mean, my goodness, yeah, definitely sending sending well wishes to her. And and yeah, you're right. The other two Terps on uh, the Connecticut yeah. squad with with Jones and Charles, yeah, they can they can get going, but they they're going to need at least minimum three players in double figure scoring if, Mm -hmm. if Alyssa Thomas isn't on the court and that could be a combination of anyone, but you know, I'm sure, uh, Kurt Miller would, would like to have four or five in double figure scoring so they can do it collectively as a unit on that side of the floor, but they're also going to need to defend and, you know, they, they may have to change up some schemes with, with Wilson, as you said, and crowd her space a little bit more and, you know, not have the switches. If if Carson was on her, there was a switch, you know, something happened. Maybe they'll Mm -hmm. make some adjustments or accommodations that way as well. But, yeah, she needs to be crowded. And I think, you know, there was only one game this season where I felt like she was contained, and that was against the Chicago Sky. And they did a good job. I believe she was 2 of 11 or 2 of 12 in that game, Wilson was. And she was crowded every time she got a touch. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there was a lot to that in terms of kind of taking her out of – rhythm and making her pass the ball up, you know, get it out of there. You know, she's not going to be able to turn and pivot and take a comfortable shot or make a counter move and and get to the rim. So you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see how, how that will change too, especially if, if Alyssa Thomas isn't on the floor, like how will they switch up their defensive scheme against Wilson?
2: Yeah. I think you got to dig a lot more if you're a guard mm-hmm. um, because it depends who, it depends who's throwing the entry pass to Asia Uh, If it's Kayla McBride, it's a little tougher to dig out because she, she, she can hit threes, but if it's Daniel Robinson, or if it's (laughs) any guard on, on Las Vegas, yeah. Beat, beat me with the three. Right. Prove to me that you can make it. Prove to me that you can make that three. Prove to me that you can make the mid range shot. Right. And now think about staying. And if you cut and Asia makes a great pass, I live with it, but you can't, I'm I'm not letting Asia get 29 again. I'm not letting her punk us again and again and again. Um, (laughs) So that's a – I mean, I think that's a little adjustment. And they did uh, – Connecticut did try to do that a little bit more. Um, right. And I think just for both teams, like, last game was weird because for Connecticut, obviously, Alyssa goes down. Mm-hmm. A lot of our planning is for Alyssa Thomas. Sure. Uh, on offense and defense. Like, that's our, that's our everything. So now right. we have to adjust on the fly. And the same thing happens for the Aces too, right? Like, the Aces, all of their planning is to – not go out of thomas and or neutralize her offensively sure. or in a transition that that was gone. Um, mm-hmm. and another quick thing on on Connecticut, and we did talk about uh, how Vegas was trying harder in this game, and they were. Mm-hmm. but I love how Connecticut beats them back in transition every time <laughs> every time held them down held them to six fast break points for the best transition team in the league. I love it. I love it that's yeah. just that's just. There's a lot of X's in those. There's a lot of things that we can that you can adjust. You can't teach that that nope, you're not beating me in transition. I'm getting exactly. back I'm getting back every single time. Uh, yep. so I love that about Connecticut.
1: Um, yeah, they've got guts bit, that's the thing they got guts They're, yeah yeah they've
2: we knew this we knew this about yeah, this, this is
1: not yeah, it's not I think Chrissy Tolliver said something on. Twitter like you guys are you guys are not disrespected like everybody knows you're a great team you guys were in the finals last year you guys are rolling like without JJ this year like you guys are making noise in the semis you're in the final four of the WNBA like nobody's disrespecting you guys but uh but yeah but whatever motivates you I mean Shaq had to make up the story that uh David Robinson didn't sign his autograph so that he would play hard against them because David Robinson was too much of a nice guy. So he had to make up a story that he didn't sign an autograph when he was 15 in San Antonio or something like that, so he could, like, it's like go and crush him. So, I mean, sometimes you just need, like, the extra motivation. But, I, I, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of respect for, for Kurt Miller and his staff and, and his organization there. His team has always been fantastic, and they play so hard. Like, they, they play oh. with grit. They play with grit.
2: Don't don't tell them that, Christy. Yeah, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> I know. But that's we, don't
1: think it a,
2: we don't think anything of you, Connecticut. We think you guys are well, I think I think Evercox, Evercox, the uh the CEO of uh the company, um, uh, mm-hmm. tweeted out like, Oh, you guys are acting like we we don't have any players. I I, I, I tweeted back, I was like, Who is saying this? I need right. I need, I need this. Yeah. Are, are but, you know, hey, look, what I, whatever you need to get you going, like, who cares? Like whatever you need to get you going, make it happen. Right. Um, right. Because it's, it's working and they, they just have a great, they have a great program. Um, yeah. You said they we need be-
1: names. You said we Please. need names. <laughs> we need names. I
2: need proof that this has names. happened. <laughs> uh, but let's move, okay. let's move over to the, uh, the Minnesota um, Seattle game, which was tremendous. 88 to 86 Seattle wins game <laughs> one after uh, the originally scheduled game one on Sunday was postponed due to some oh. inconclusive COVID test. All of those came back negative. All the players were able to play in this game. And Alicia Clark, everybody's girl. I feel like, like yeah. a lot a lot of the fans, like older fans, are like, oh, this is my player. Like I want to hold on to her, but now the secret's out. Everyone loves Alicia Clark. She hits the game winning put back at the end of the game. And uh, mm-hmm. speaking of Christy Tolliver tweets, I really loved she she like had a picture of a of a whiteboard as a tweet. And she said, oh, I was was really hoping to draw the X's and O's for the final play of Seattle. (laughs) But really, it came down to the tangibles. And the only thing on the whiteboard said rebound. Right. Alicia Clark does that.
1: Yeah. and She does everything else, too. And, you know, to see her uh, have that moment, I think, is just so uh, special. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, she's just, I mean, I don't want to say just. Because every team needs a glue player that plays as hard as Mm -hmm. she does on both sides of the floor. But she's a capable scorer. People forget you know, that she was one of the top scorers in the country, or I think she led the country in scoring, Mm -hmm. you know, her senior season in college. And so I just think that, you know, you adapt when you get to the professional level and you find your role and you are a star in that role. And that's what she's done, you know, with Seattle. She's been able to find and and really hone into what the team needs. And she has been the specialist in terms of being a Swiss army knife, for yeah. Seattle I mean she does a little bit of everything like she's their best defender like she can play multiple positions on defense um, she's a capable scorer like she can score double figures night in night out it, it doesn't matter but she's going to give you that extra lift that that second and third um, persistent effort mm-hmm. on the glass which is why she was just down in the trenches down mm-hmm. in there and just and got that ball up there with what two point wait point two seconds yeah left to go yeah. or point three seconds or something like that and just oh got it in there and uh, yeah I, I just love that she she gets jumped on sometimes you know um, with with the joy of her teammates in, in giving her that kind of appreciation and love on a shot not just on taking a charge or getting a board or you know swiping the ball out for a steal or or just a, a shot in game but like in a crucial critical, game and series making moment for her to come up huge like that was so clutch and and you just appreciate everything that she does a little bit more because mm-hmm. she had that moment in that game
2: yeah you know I was trying to look for in the in the in the play to see like all right did someone like not box out did mm-hmm. you know I I couldn't really find it I think she just found the seam she she actually took down she she took uh Dantas down below the basket right and was was i think she like faked that she was kind of going to go around
1: yeah a little uh, and go behind yeah, yeah go
2: go behind go behind the shooter who was uh sammy whitcomb to get behind yeah. that shot and get on the on the right side of the glass and she just faked and went the other way and it's just like well that's that's a great play and that's not something that that people are going to notice if that's not a buzzer beater right yeah but that's and christy you're a great rebounder that's rebounding right like it's a skill that people don't realize like there's you got a fake you got to get in position it's not just being strong it's yeah. being smart and I think she's a really really smart rebounder and she showed that all season so I'm glad that that was her play um and, and yeah she, she gets the recognition for that um right. but for Seattle too though I mean they, they had a pretty good game all around Jewel Lloyd, Jewel Lloyd oh god I'd love nine? seeing her eight for nine 25 yeah. points eight for nine she missed as many free throws as she missed field goals.
1: Oh my That's gosh. incredible. That's insane. That's, well, she was ridiculous. But her passing, I think yes. for as, as, as phenomenal as she was uh, going eight for nine from the floor and, and doing her work on the, on the free throw line, mm-hmm. I thought her passes last night were just they were so on point and on time, on target, right in the perfect pocket. For the shooters to catch and score. And she was just on on her A game. Yep. And and you'd love to see it. I mean, the gold mamba is is what the late great Kobe Bryant <laughs> named her. And oh, you know, it. you don't just oh see? Yeah. The gold mamba I knew they were
2: I knew they were close. I didn't know she he had she had oh, her yeah. own uh, special nickname.
1: Yes, yes. And so I mean you see that come out of her, you know, just the same way mm. you saw, you know, Arike Gumbawale kind of. Embrace those kinds of moments mm-hmm. of, of, of clutch gene um, mamba-isms. But I think when you see a player like Jewel Lloyd come out there and do that, that's, that's tough. That's tough to guard. And mm-hmm. then you have, you know, Brianna Stewart doing what she does, but uh, Nafisa Collier has some really good blocks down there on her, though, down she in does. the paint, down in that fourth quarter, like, uh, uh, on a repeated basis, too.
2: So we talked about Asia saying i'm i'm a star right <laughs> like in the playoffs yeah. showing up i'm a star Nafisa the collier <laughs> uh, the other half of their podcast yeah. showing up and saying i'm also a star 25 yeah. points nine rebounds three assists and she and six blocks as well six. only did only one less than the than her than her buddy <laughs> asia Wilson. But she right. took over that game and i've been saying this all season long is that sometimes my only problem with Nafisa is she is not assertive enough offensively. Sometimes mm. she's kind of just she lets the game come to her. And that's great. That that's that's kind of what she is as a player, right? Like she lets the game come to her. That's why she's so good. She's so versatile because she lets those things happen. Mm-hmm. In this game, she said, no. Nah. Right. I'm posting up, <laughs> I'm getting right to the rim. I block I'm blocking Brianna Stewart three straight times.
1: That was insane.
2: I was so impressed with yeah. Nafisa Collier. Um do you think this is do you do you think this is what we're going to get the rest of the series with her
1: absolutely absolutely and and I love it. first of all, it's her birthday today, so happy oh, birthday happy birthday to, happy birthday to fee uh, mm. but but with that i mean the the energy that she brought to the court, I think that was so massive and you know if that shot by Clark bounces off, you know what I mean that would have solidified mm. her overall effort. For the team because she was the key cog for Minnesota, no doubt about that. But I just think she is finding her moment as well. You know, we were talking about how important it is to stake your claim in these postseason playoff moments on the professional level. And and that's what she's doing as well. I mean, she was rookie of the year, she has that, she wants to win a championship. And and she has she has that. She has the Moxie uh, Mm -hmm. to do that. And and to say hey it's my time it's my time too right yeah. and i'm not going to cower away from the moment because of you know they seattle's been there before like so let them get there again no like i'm yeah. i'm going to try to get there myself and and you're in the way of that and that's what she was showing us on defense and on offense i mean she hit that three as well you know down the stretch and that was that was a a gutsy shot and and that went down too so i, I hey I appreciate it. I wanted to go five games, and, you know, I, 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 I really want to see that. And I want to see the battle from Seattle. Ah, I had a ah, Not on purpose. Not on purpose, but, you know, I have bars. <laughs> I, I have bars. I tell my <laughs> kids I have the bars for them. But, um, but they're, what they're, do your tough. Say?
2: they're tough. What do, you, what do your kids say when, they, when you say you have the bars?
1: Oh, their eyes look at something on the ceiling. And I'm like, what's <laughs> up there? <laughs> I'm like, what, is, what are you looking at? Nothing. I'm like, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christy!
1: I know. That's you know. Uh, I'm, so, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. got. Tried. I got.
2: I got in the way of your uh, of your point. What were you saying?
1: No, no. It's funny. It's true. But no, just you know. I just want to see you know Seattle. I mean, they're battle tested. They have all their pieces yep. back, and I, I want to see them. You know, take this this young Minnesota team. Crystal Dangerfield, is just uh Oh my God, she's just so fierce. She's so fun to watch, man. That kid only a rookie and you know people are talking about size and all this stuff for point guards and it is an advantage when you have mm-hmm. you know Maggie johnson or or a tisha panchero or a chelsea gray you know Natasha big cloud. guards cloud you got these big guards i get it but at the same time i mean you can't count smaller players out who have the same level of skill Yes, Mm -hmm. their vision may be a little bit better because they're taller or whatever. They may be a little more sturdy. They can post up. They can, you know, defensively, they can maybe do multiple things with some flexibility on on the perimeter. But when all is said and done, man, listen, Crystal Dangerfield is a beast. And, you know, she's rookie of the year for a reason. And I just think, you know, they're just such a young squad. And they're playing so hungry right now against a, a seasoned team in Seattle that has won a championship before. So, yeah. They're battle-tested, but I just think that, you know, they're, they're working hard. And that's why we were talking about that as being, like, something that sounds so simple. But, you know, when you test yourself against the best like that, um, you know, Seattle, they, I mean, that's, that's going to be – they're going to be better for it, regardless of what happens yep. in, this, in this series. Regardless of what happens, they're going to come out as, as better for their experience against this team in this moment like these kind of uh desperation clutch moments they're gonna be better for it well, and they,
2: yeah so they gotta win game two like you mentioned like there's yes. no game five if you don't win game two teams who uh i think this, the graphic was uh, on this espn broadcast last night teams who lose who go down oh two in a best of five series are oh yep. and 13 all time in WNBA playoffs. so must win game for minnesota on yep. thursday and i think to win that I need a little bit more from Crystal Dangerfield. Yes, yeah, she was. She she played great all season long. I think actually she played pretty well defensively in this one, but only four points, two of eight from the field, o of three from three. She got to figure out a way to get going, especially yeah. if she if she has you know Sue Bird on her. I think most of the game she was going up against Jewel Lloyd, and that's a that's a tough matchup. But you got to figure out how to get something, that, even if it's just some spot up threes. And I, I think. Um, she, perf- she hasn't performed yet in the playoffs, and she's a rookie, so it's not, it's, not, you know, it's not the end of the world that she's not performing well, but you do need a little bit more from her considering how much they rely on her offensively, and you also need a lot from her because of the injuries that Minnesota has, right? Sylvia yep. Fowles did not play last night. Right. Uh, she- we're not sure of her status going forward. She played in the second round, so she may be back um, after this game. We don't know yet. Lexi Brown actually had to leave the bubble. Um I know. Because- all the, I mean, I'm I'm really upset that um, Lexi wasn't wasn't gonna be able to play because there there they she helps them a lot when she's mm-hmm. on the court. Um, but this year she just had that concussion problem. Apparently, a bubble is not really. I mean, it makes sense, right? The bubble is not the best place to recover from a concussion. So she left. Um, all the best to her. Hopefully, it's just right. hopefully it's just a, a matter of getting into a better environment to recover from that. And we'll see her back in Minnesota soon. But because of that. You gotta need a little bit more from Crystal Dangerfield. Yeah. you need a little bit more from Rachel Bannum. Yeah. Um, and and Bridget Carlton gave you exactly what you needed. She was attacking Superbird, fourteen points. So, I think they're in a good spot. But you gotta win game two. And oof, you know, I think Seattle just. I don't know. I don't know what you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't yeah. know what
1: you yeah. Do. yeah. They, you know, uh, when you said Bridget Carlton, wow, what a game she had. And I think, she, you know, that, that, that right side baseline, I don't know how many, I think she hit two or three from that spot. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just think she's, she's one of those steadying forces for the team as well. When she gets going offensively and mm-hmm. Rachel Bantam can score in bunches when she gets going as well. And so, I mean, they have players who can do it that are capable right. and, uh, you know, in the absence of fouls, and as you said, we don't know her status moving forward. But I just think with um, Lexi Brown, you know, I hated to see her leave. I was kind of shocked that she left, um, you know, yeah. just because of the you know concussion situation that she's going through. But maybe she's going to see, you know, a specialist or you know, just I don't know, get get better. Uh, yeah. But she, I think, it was continuing to bother her, and that that was concerning to me. Um that she couldn't shake it in right. and that's hard because it's everybody's different when it comes to concussions. So hopefully she uh will be all right moving forward. But I, I just I mean, I think in round two, you know, Crystal Dangerfield was fantastic. So she does need to bring that same level of production mm-hmm. for Minnesota and she has to stay aggressive, even if the shot's not falling. Like she's gotta she's gotta maintain that um that penetration and kick out penetration, pull up, you know, she has all that in her bag. She can do it. Um, And she's confident and yes, she's a rookie, but Hey, you got to empty it all out. You got to empty it all out. You can't leave uh, the playoffs with, with anything in the tank. You gotta, you gotta empty all of it out and go full effort. And that's how you get better. Number one, but that's also to see what are they going to do with that? Right. And Mm -hmm. Seattle is so tough and, sue bird is just such a winner so it, it's just really tough to uh to count seattle out and yeah. then you have stewart who is just phenomenal so and natasha howard has has picked up her play you know the second half of the season yeah after the playoffs. so they they missed her early on but she's picked up her production the last uh last half of the season i would say that's pretty fair
2: yeah, she she had ten points. Three of nine shooting is not good, but you know mm-hmm. she's so good defensively to me that yes, yes, she just enables everything they do. And I love I love Alicia Clark, and she might win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. I think that's fair because Natasha Howard did struggle early on on both sides of the ball, but mm-hmm. you know since for the past like ten games she's just been the exact dynamo that we thought she that she yeah. was last year that she still is. Um, so I think she she can. You know, she enables a lot of what they do defensively. Uh mm-hmm. and then Sue Bird to me, um, she struggled defensively. She got got eaten alive by uh Bridget Carlton. Obviously she's Sue Bird, so you live with it. But I, I think I also want to see her um have a big game and show me that she she is healthy and ready to go. Do you um, think she
1: should do you think she should be matched up on somebody else? Or do you think that's an adjustment that you know Gary Kloppenberg will make in? I don't know. Two? Or do you just well, uh, let her make the adjustments? Stay on that match and make the adjustments.
2: If the if, if all right, so I'm two, I'm of two <laughs> minds here, right? Like if Crystal Dangerfield is struggling from the field, I think you can kind of put Super on her, but that's a that's a speed mismatch. I think it's gonna lead to more fouls than super. If Minnesota wants to post up Bridget Carlton and Bridget Carlton's gonna beat you, you know, you live with it. Go ahead, Bridget Carlton. I think Bridget is, is a really good player. Don't get me wrong, but she's still her second year. She's more of a role player on this team. Like I'll live with her posting up. So to me, I'm probably going to keep that matchup, even though it didn't go well. What about you? Do you you think you'd switch it up?
1: No, I I think Sue Bird is the, the consummate pro when it comes to making adjustments, I, I think it's a challenge for her. And I think she thrives on that. So I think keep the match keep the match and then see what Sue does differently uh, to make yeah. the adjustments defensively. And I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by what that would look like. So I kind of want to see it selfishly for myself, but <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do, but if it's uh, best, yeah. yeah, I, I just want to see um, what kinds of things change in terms of coverages and, and how she plays her. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, I think, I think we'll, see, we'll see a lot of chess match here. I mean, Cheryl Reeve, Cheryl Reeve. I, that's what I kind of liked about this game. It was like Cheryl Reeve was just kind of throwing stuff against the yeah. wall and seeing what sticks. She was, she was using this as a laboratory, this game one. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and they almost won. So, you they know, did. I think there's, there's a chance that they uh, – I think it's definitely going to be a series, though. I think let, – let's make some predictions. Uh, I think Minnesota's going to win game two. Mm-hmm. I think they, they have enough juice right now, and I think they have enough ways to attack – Seattle that they will get it done in game two and make this a series what do you think
1: I agree I agree I I think ultimately I mean again for selfish reasons only so (laughs) let's put an asterisk by this next (laughs) comment by me Um, but I, I selfishly want to see Vegas and Minnesota meet in the finals because of Cheryl Reeve and Bill Mm Lambeer and their history on the bench together as coaches. So that to me would be just so dynamic. But um, I do see um, Minnesota, you know, fighting back because they were so close. Um, Mm -hmm. And who knows what um, Sylvia Fowle's status will be, and that could be a game changer as well, if she can come in, even for a little bit of time, as she did in in round two. Like, Mm -hmm. that was a big difference that she made for them. And it wasn't that she played every single minute of the game, you know, she came in and, and made plays for the team on both sides. So, I mean, if she can come in and, and produce just a bit, you know, we saw it was a one possession game. So if she can come in and change the game in a two, like two possessions, if she can make a difference with two possessions, then they end up winning. So I think it's just, um, I think it's definitely possible for Minnesota to, uh, to crack the code in game two and, and get a dub.
2: I agree. I agree. I think, I think they'll be able to, I think they'll be able to that's on. So that is tomorrow. Well, this might be Thursday by the time you're listening. So it's either it's Thursday night, 730 on ESPN two, 930 game, which mm-hmm. man, I'm going to need some late. I'm going to need a late day coffee. Cause I was, <laughs> I was kind of fading when we were doing the, the post game show last night, the 930 PM ESPN two, uh, give me your prediction, Vegas and Connecticut, who you got?
1: I mean, I'm going to go with Vegas. I mean, the way Asia Wilson is playing, playing so hungry, you know, mm-hmm. she, she's just playing with, with some level of grit that I think is hard to beat. I don't mm-hmm. care if you load up on her. I don't care if you double her. She's going to find a way to help her team win. So I'm going to go with Vegas in that one over okay. Connecticut.
2: And now we do get word that Alyssa Thomas has officially been ruled out for tomorrow. That was the assumption we were working with. Ah, we did.
1: Yep. Yep. This is,
2: this is the perks of always being on Twitter. Um, (laughs) But um, I'm also going with Vegas, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be close because Connecticut has a lot of juice and I think they're not going to, they're not going to give in, but. Right. If I'm a Vegas fan, I'm looking for this game to be, we're stomping you. We're putting it down. You're not as good as us. We're putting it down. So we'll 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 find out. But I think it's gonna be a close game for, um, in a in a Las Vegas win. Um, all right. A- anything yeah. else you want? Did we miss anything?
1: No, I think we're we're primed and ready, and I can't wait for these games. I'm so glad that that uh, they were able to play, and I'm glad that the uh, the COVID test came back negative, and they were able to play in in that game one. Mm-hmm. Um. In the uh in the game so I, I just think that we have what we want right now you know everybody has the the drama of the injury situations and you know the adjustments that will be made by each team i love it i i, I love watching it i love uh, trying to figure out what the next mm-hmm. step will be what, what the play call who are they going to I love it. I love sitting there and, and uh, you know, I have a little notepad. I scribble down plays and <laughs> I just, I have a blast with it. So it's fun stuff.
2: It's going to be fun to uh, tomorrow night. Also the heat play night. Oh, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't mention the heat when we were talking about the links fine, oh. whatever, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, remember also, you know, we got bigger stuff than basketball on the table. Um, don't forget what we talked about. Things that you can do right now get registered to vote, go vote. Then the work starts. That's yes. all I want to
1: say. Yeah. So. When we all vote.org, when we all vote.org. Make sure you are signed up and get your census done as well. You know, we were talking oh, yeah. about that all the time. And you just have to, uh, it's your right and your responsibility. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: be responsible and, and get the job done. And, you know, you don't think your your voice counts, it sure does. And the more people who believe that and execute it, the better off we are. So, you know, definitely use your voice to vote. It's bigger than ball. It's bigger than ball. All right, Gabe, as always, I think we're out of popcorn right now. We are. So we'll be back next week to talk about more things, hoops and WNBA and and some off-court things as well because it's all-encompassing. Here on the courtside with Christy and Gabe. And we will catch you next time. We appreciate you listening today, as always. And we look forward to chatting with you again. And I am Christy Winter Scott or Gabe Ibrahim. This has been Courtside on Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We'll see you next time.